Warning, this podcast episode contains mature language, adult situations, cyborg girls, new transformations, panther claw, lesbian action, go nagai, and, well, you'll have to wait and see. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 85. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review. I'm your host, Zan. How are you doing today? 85 episodes. Can you believe it, guys? First off, welcome. For those of you who are returning, how are you doing? For those of you who are new, Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Spyrokin's side that provides information and reviews about manga. What happens is, every episode I review, well, you know, one to two manga, give you some information about it. That way you don't go to the bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really crappy. I'll tell you about it to tell you what the story's about, what the characters are like, the art style, a couple other things about the artist, and, well, give you enough information so you can make the correct decision on if you want to read this manga or not. You don't have to agree with what I think about the manga, but, hey, I'm entertaining, and you can listen to me when you're traveling, going to work, or if you're on the bus, so... What do you got to lose? And it's for free. So, what's new in the land of Zan? Well, nothing much. Pretty much just been, well, working, trying to get stuff done, and, well, been playing a shitload of, well, Assassin's Creed, and also been playing a lot of, surprisingly, a lot, well, just mainly Assassin's Creed, a lot of Assassin's Creed, been playing that like crazy. You know, just went back, wanted to play it again, and I'm getting ready for, well, Darksiders, because Darksiders is pretty cool. Games can be awesome, end of the world scenario, all that stuff. And, what else can I say? Oh, yes, that's right, forgot. Also, getting ready to, well, go out and have a good time this weekend. Gonna go see a couple cool movies, and, well, I'm talking too much about random crap, so either way, I know what you're here for. You're here to hear about manga and other things like that, but first typical information you can find in the show notes. Well, first off, the website is http colon forward slash forward slash spirekin.podbean.com. There is no www in front of it. You can check out show notes, earlier episodes, and of course our review archive. And also, if you want, we have the Wheel of Manga list, where you can see what I'm going to possibly could review. If you want, add some manga you want to hear, and I can probably make a list for you. Well, also, you can email me at sparkin at gmail.com, also zan.sparkin at gmail.com, and if you want to call, it's 206-426-6665, that again is 206-426-MONK. The Skype address is Spirekin, I'm on occasionally, I am also on Twitter under Spirekin, you can check on any updates or you can check on anything new going on. Also, I am under Xbox Live under Zan space Spirekin, and also... I am under the fightbait.com forum under under Zan. So you can talk to me and ask me questions, rant about me, whatever you want to do, you know? So we should get on with this, shouldn't we? Yes, we should. And so 
without further ado, because we have a lot to talk about today. And you're probably wondering, what do you mean? He usually does 10 minute, 20 minute episodes. No, 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 no. This, I have to go through the entire thing for, because this is the first time on the Spark and Manga Review podcast that we have a manga by that genius, by that, well, you can call him a divine being if you want and get struck by lightning, but he is just an enigma. He's something which just appeared one day and he is influenced the lives of mangaka and anime fans and manga fans and just everyone in general. The world is a better place with his insanity and his just truly odd nature. And who am I speaking about? I'm speaking about the one and only Go Nagai. Yes, we're going to be reviewing a Go Nagai manga today, but first, some of you may be wondering, who the hell is Go Nagai? I've never even heard of that name before. Well, if you've never heard of the name, I pity you. I feel sorry for you, because Go Nagai is, well, a complete and utter nut job. Well, his real name is Nagai Kiyoshi, and he was born around the 40s. Well, 1945, September 6th, supposedly. And he's this Japanese manga artist, and an artist of science fiction, fantasy, horror, and, well, let's be honest, it's erotica. And he is, well, really well known for making really prolific series that are remade over and over and over and over again. And, well, what are a couple of the series that we could talk about? Well, he's done things like Devilman, Mazinger Z, Getter Robo, Mazinger Z 2, Tai Ako Daishungo, Great Mazinger, Getter Robo G, Katsuge Jig, UFO Robo Grandizer, uh, God Mazinger, Violence Jack, Devilman vs. Violence Jack, a lot of stuff, Keiko Kamen, Iron Virgin June, Hanape Bazooka, which I've heard is a really erotic and fucked up series, Shin Getter Robo, Devilman Lady, Aman the Apocalypse of Devilman, New Getter Robo, Demon Prince Enma, He's also worked on several live-action tokusatsu series, which are just were inspired by him. I mean, they had a live-action Keiko Kamen, a live-action Battle Hawk, Shin Harenchi Gakun. Uh, what else was there? There was June Thunder Liger, Lovely Angel, Hamon Sop, Dogazemasu, and Devil Man, which is live-action. And there's one other, but you've noticed I've kind of been not talking about it because I want to wait before we get really into his, you know, into what we're reviewing today. And the thing is that with going to guy, what makes him prolific, besides his very bizarre and interesting art style, it's a very simple art style, but he draws some very fucked up and bizarre things. There's a lot of graphic violence, and there's a lot of eroticism in it, and the thing is that they're all for, like, kids' manga. It's not for an adult manga, it's for kids. It's Most of his stuff is shonen and, well... I'm surprised half of it really... I mean, all the stuff he does nowadays would be, oh, it's sent and it's for adults. But then it was, like, released in Shonen Jump. You just pick it up, hey, look, there's a kid getting decapitated. Oh, my God. Or there's a person being raped by a bunch of people. Or, like, in Devil Man, when he kills a bunch of people, takes a bunch of drugs, and goes and disco dances. It's like, what the fuck? Where did this stuff happen, you know? He's just completely out there, and what the fuck? And I doubt his stuff would ever going to be released over in the United States unless, well, the animes are, but the mangas, maybe you can find them here or there. Like, I had to search for this manga. I found it eventually, the entire series. You notice I'm not talking about the mangas. So, let us get on with it. And of course, I'm speaking about a very prolific manga, one of his most popular mangas, and arguably, arguably, one of the first female 
protagonists in a male series, and specifically a shonen series, one of the first female heroes. And who am I speaking about? I'm speaking about that lovely guardian of love, the first magical girl, and basically a very interesting and possibly could be very kinky character. Who am I speaking of? I'm speaking of... Cutie Honey. So, Cutie Honey was, well, originally a manga by Gonagai and was published in Akita Shoten way back in the day and was released in Shonen Champion magazine, which was just like Shonen Jump, but it's different. And it came out around the 70s, 1973, and finished in 1974. There's two volumes of it, that's it, it's only two volumes, because most of his stuff is really short, like Double Man was two, Mazinger is two, he just works really quick, but each chapter is like maybe 50 pages, 60 pages, and it's like a three chapter per book, so you get a lot out of it, so, what was it, the two volumes came out, I think, 400 pages, which is not bad. Um, there's several TV animes based on it, including the original Cutie Honey series, the 1990s new Cutie Honey, which also had the Gonagai Presents... Iron Cat's Cutie Honey, which is the 90s version, which was drawn by, I think, uh, what the hell is his name? Oh, Ken Ishikawa. Then you had the friendly version, which is Cutie Honey Flash, because they released all these superheroes under the Flash title, so it's, let's make these female characters more feminine and more girl powery. Kind of stuck, to be honest with you, but it was okay. Then you had the live-action Cutie Honey, then you had Re-Cutie Honey, and then new, the current Cutie Honey live-action series, which has been on for, I think, six months? Or no, it's 2007, it's still coming out. And, well, what can I say? There's a lot of series, a lot of series. It's been released over and over and over again. And, well, since I couldn't get a hold of the Studio Iron Cats version or the Tokuma Shoten release of cutie honey i'm gonna have to go with the original so i have the original volume it's very cool and so what is cutie honey probably what the hell is he saying well cutie honey is this very cool series the very short series but it's a very interesting concept it's let's take a regular outwardly ordinary girl and give her the ability to transform into multiple beings and give her different abilities. So that's really what she is. And she was based off of the Rainbow Man and the Banai Tarano series where they had all these, you know, you could transform into eight different forms or this. I mean, in the manga they say she only has seven forms, but she actually has like a billion forms, so it doesn't really matter. And the thing about Honey is she's kind of mischievous in a way, because she's, um, most Japanese heroes are very, I will defeat you, haha, and they fight you. Meanwhile, Honey will actually taunt her enemies. Well, she only does it once in this manga, way at the end of the second volume. But we'll get into that. So, one last bit of trivia before we get into the review of this wondrous manga is the fact that the Cutie Honey theme, which is very prolific, and I doubt that you haven't heard of this. If you've listened to my top 50 anime openings, closings, background musics of all time, you've heard of it. But the cool thing is that the actual theme song to Cutie Honey which is shown up throughout 
all the animes and all the live action has been the same lyrics, which was created by Claude Q. Came out originally in 1973 and has been remade several times by Yoko Makikawa, Salia, Less54321, Mayukis, even Kumikoda. It's this very prolific song, which I'm assuming you're hearing in the background right now. Hopefully I remember to put it there. But the thing is that it's only been... It's very famous because it's one of three different music themes which have been used over and over again, which is so prolific. The only other anime theme songs that have been used so consistently was Lupin the Third's theme, which, like I said, has been used since the 70s. And the other one is the GGG no Ketaro theme song, which has been used since the 60s. And I think that stopped being used in the 90s because the series was never made again. But it's, you know, kind of cool and it's been remade so many times. I mean... Masami Oki did it, Tumix did it, Anna Metal did a cover of it, uh, Pink Lady did a cover of it, Matsuyo Naoma did a cover of it. There are so many people who's done it. It's been used so many times. And even it was used in the background of different anime series, including one which is called Mejuru Meguchan, this magical girl TV show from the 70s where the main character actually was watching Cutie Honey as her, well, her pop idol persona, Misty Honey was playing it on the TV. Supposedly there's a new CD of it, actually, if you want to pick it up, in Cutie Honey, the 21st century version, which has new versions of it, and supposedly it's really hard to get a hold of. Well, in the States, it's hard. If you can't get a hold of it in any other country, that's kind of cool. Either way, I'm done geeking out about Cutie Honey's theme song, and, well, basically the whole thing about Cutie. So let's really get on with what Cutie Honey is about. Let me set up the story for Cutie Honey for you. It opens up with, well... The title page, which is Cutie Honey. Not bad, kind of cool. And it opens up, and you have this guy, Dr. Kisaragi, and he's working on this weird machine. And it shows a woman, a nude girl with nice body, very nice body, nice butt, nice boobs, nice legs, short hair, and she has a collar around her neck with a heart on it. And so. He's working on it, he turns the machine on, just like Frankenstein, and the girl wakes up, and she looks at him and like, Papa, you're okay, I, what happened? And the dad's like, and Dr. Kasaragi is like, oh, nothing, you just were hurt, and everything's fine now, everything's okay, and you're fine, so, and you're like, oh. and so everything's okay with you, you're, everything's alright, and he proceeds to send her to, well, school. And this is, she's sent to a new school where she could stay at, where she can be safe, he says. And she's confused why she's being sent to the St. Chapel School for Girls. Now, immediately, something is really fucked up about this manga, because this is four pages in, and you see this really grotesque-looking woman man. And you're probably wondering, what do I mean by woman man? Well, first off, she has a weird oblong face, like, Honey is designed as a very beautiful woman, you know, heart-shaped face, heart-shaped butt, <laughs> thin curves, very big boobs, very nice. Meanwhile, and she's blonde. Meanwhile, this person, Ms. Alfonso, is, well, the homeroom teacher, and she's a freak of nature. She has little mustache things on the edge of her, on the edge of her face, and she has hairy legs, and she proceeds to say, yes, class, we're getting a new student, and she's really kind of hot and well I she's so beautiful and it makes you wanna 
and you see her proceed to have an orgasm. And this is in a children's manga. Right. So she brings in Cutie Honey, or actually her name is Honey Kisaragi. Introduces Mrs. Honey, and Miss Honey walks in, and immediately all the girls go crazy. And there's some who are really ugly, and they're all like, Oh, she's so hot. She's so cute. Oh, look at that figure. Look at that butt. Oh, she's got most of the perfect boobs. And one girl proceeds to shove a girl out of the desk next to her and say, Uh, Miss Alfonso, I, I, there's a free seat right next to me. And so Honey proceeds to sit next to her and say, Hi, I'm Honey. I'm Honey Kitsuragi. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm Natsuko. You can call me Nat-chan. Uh, everyone else here is weird. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. You could be my roommate. And immediately in the back of your head, you're like, This is very what the fuck. She's a stalkerish. And she explains the whole situation that the school is an all-girls school. None of them have seen boys, or they they don't know about boys, so they become very well. It's a lesbian school. They're all lesbians. Like the girl lady, Mrs. Alfonso, is in a relationship with the headmistress, who's like this big burly. I, I don't even want to say what she looks like, but she's really freakish. And you know, as she goes over what's going on in the school, they end up at the dormitory. And in the dormitory, you meet the dorm woman. Her name is Harumi. S- Sunerini, which her nickname is Hysteria. I'm pronouncing her name wrong, but what happens is she is just this really strict dorm lady who wants to catch you out of bed or catch you breaking her rules so she can punish you. So obviously she's a BDSM uh, sadomasochistic person. She likes to get off on beatings. And you know, so she's waiting and Honey is getting accustomed to her time at this school when suddenly she hears her father's voice. She's like, What's going on? I can he- Dad, I can hear you. And he's like, there's a transceiver in your earring. What? And you have to go. I need your help. Hurry, Panther Claw is coming. So she's like, oh no. So she runs out of the dorm and Natsuko gets captured, or not captured, but she's caught by Hysteria, who proceeds to whip her in a very grotesque way. And Honey is running and she's just like, what the hell am I going to do? What am I going to do? I got to get there. She's a, she sees a bike and she's like, oh, there's a motorcycle. Wait. I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. So, through the little transceiver, uh, Professor Katsuragi's like, Honey, you can do this. Your collar, your choker, touch the heart and say, Honey Flash. She's like, what? Like, just do it. She's like, okay. Touches her neck and says, Honey Flash! And then suddenly, she transforms completely into a biker woman. She's like, what? And over the earpiece, you hear, well, Professor Katsuragi say, Honey, this is your hurricane form. This form, you're able to use vast numbers of machines and motorcycles and pilot them with ease. And she suddenly has the knowledge of, well, being able to use a motorcycle. So she drives off, drives to her father's lab, and she sees suddenly there's a big explosion, all this weird stuff happening. And inside, she gets there, and as she's running in, her father says, Say Honey Flash again, sweetheart. And so she says Honey Flash again and transforms into what's now known as Cutie Honey, which is a very beautiful, short, red-haired woman with a very interesting costume. If you look online, just look up Cutie Honey, you'll see her interesting costume. It's red and blue and, well, it's kind of sexy with yellow gloves. And she has a rapier, a uh, sword. And so she runs in, she sees Panther Claw, 
well. Panther Claw is these goons who like have. Um, if you ever seen the Black Panther from uh, Marvel Comics, that type of costume with trench coats and fedoras on. Very odd, but that's what they're wearing, and she gets into a fight with them and defeats them, and then their leader, Black Claw, shows up. And Black Claw is this weirdo with. Well, there's a panther claw growing out of her forehead. And she's a woman with huge boobs, she's half naked, and she proceeds to fight Honey, and after they get into a fight, Honey defeats Black Claw, and Black Claw rips off, and you see her boob, Honey's boob hanging out, and she runs in, and she sees her father, injured, mortally, and there's this guy there. Who's this guy that's there? This is Seiji, and Seiji is a reporter who was helping her father out, blah, 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 blah. And so, long story short, she talks to her father, or a robot of her father, who explains the whole situation. Pretty much, what happened was that Honey isn't human. She's actually a gynoid. A, a robot, a female robot. And what happens is that she was designed with this thing called the Airborne Element Solidifier. And what that does is it takes the air and makes anything possible. It can create matter out of air anything you want. If you want to make gold, you can make gold. If you want to make fabric, you can make fabric. If you want to turn something into a rock, you can turn it into a rock. She can do anything she wants with it, which is kind of cool. And it has an infinite amount of potential. But the problem is that that makes her very valuable because it's inside of honey. So she has to protect it and Panther Claw, they wanted it to make an infinite amount of gems because the leaders of Panther Claw, this criminal organization of female cyborgs, wants this to, well, they're just greedy and want to steal it and just get a lot of pretty shiny things. And he explains about Panther Claw and what about Honey. So, father dies and Honey leaves with Seiji and she says, I'm going to get revenge on Panther Claw. Meanwhile, we're introduced to the rest of Panther Claw because they're surprised that they didn't get the airborne element solidifier because they didn't get it because Black Claw was killed, so she never went back, so you, you're introduced to the leader of Panther Claw, who's known as Panther Zora. Who is this really decrepit old woman with a staff and a panther on her head? And she is, you don't really see her or interact with her, but she tells her subordinate, Sister Jill, who looks like, well, if you look at the 60s um, costume for Marvel Girl, Jean Grey, imagine that, but it's, well, white and uh, red. And she has a whip, which she puts on her butt, so it's like a tail. So she looks like a, like a panther a little bit. So it's a little interesting. And so, Honey has to fight uh, Sister Jill and her minions, who all are based on animals, but they're all huge boobed, and they all have the name Panther, Claw, or another word, I think it was Panther, Claw, or, uh, oh yes worm attached to their name and that's how they are and they're all the minions and they're gonna try and find honey katsuragi they don't know where she is at her school meanwhile back at her school honey gets back and she's like okay i didn't get caught and she proceeds to get almost gang raped by a group of well women who look like men because they have chest hair leg hair and they're nude they try to rape her and then honey shows them a mirror and they run away screaming there's a lot of very fucked up things, and like I said, this is a shonen series. This is for children, so it's very uh, well. 
you're later on you're introduced to a couple of other characters including Seiji, the reporter's father, whose name's Don Bay. He actually shows up in the anime series and in the sequel series, which is kinda cool. He's just this really perverted old man, and then there's Junbei, Seiji's little brother, who's just as perverted as his father. And that's the thing, because they're both in love with Honey, and so is uh, Seiji in love with Honey, but Honey really doesn't notice them. She's like, well, whatever. And meanwhile, all these women are, well, noticing Honey and doing a lot of things with Honey. Like, at one point, Natsuko and Honey look like they're having an interesting relationship. So it's kind of... And for the 70s, that's really good, having a prolific, you know, a lesbianistic, well, relationship. Anyway. So, what else? Um... So there's a couple of interesting characters that are introduced throughout the fights of her running away, fighting Panther Claw, including this one woman named Tarantula, who, well, she's a woman with Tarantula-esque hair. Her hair makes eight legs, and yet, and she has webbing come out of her ass. Yeah, it's like a real spider where it's out of her bomber abdomen, but it's like she's pooping out webbing, which is kind of gross. You also have this other character who's known as Dragon Panther, who is essentially, uh, well, she's like a woman riding an iguana, but they're one being. So her legs are the iguana, and the head of the iguana is there, but she has her woman body there. And, well, she fails and gets killed horribly. And what else? There's lots of groping and stroking and beatings and nudity and action and adventure. And, well, to be honest with you, there's a lot of things that Honey becomes throughout this, these two volumes. According to my notes, she becomes a, besides the motorcycle, Hurricane Honey, she becomes Flash Honey, who is a reporter who uses a flash photography thing to get rid of them. She becomes a statue, a lion tamer, a knight in shining armor, a ninja, a cave girl, and also becomes, well, at one point she becomes Tarantula, the girl I told you about before. Just, and you can't tell because she becomes a master of disguise with this ability because she gets all the knowledge of what to do. It's pretty cool. And she uses her main weapon, the, fl the, the heart florent and her honey boomerang to fight the evil villains. And does she save the day? Does she defeat Panther Claw? Well, you have to read it to find out. Um, it's pretty... The ending was kind of, well, very Gonagai-ish. It, it leaves very abruptly. But the the cool thing I thought, the thing I that was my favorite part of this whole manga, like I said, is there's a phrase which throughout the anime series she always uses, and I was expecting it throughout the entire manga, and it was actually introduced at the end, because in one of the in her battle with Sister Jill, because she does fight Sister Jill in this series, what happens is that she's dressed up as Tarantula, and she had snuck in as a statue, and Sister Jill's like. Tarantula, how would you get in here? You're not supposed to be in here. Ha 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 I was in here, but I wasn't like this. It's like, what do you mean? Well, sometimes I'm a st golden statue that you look at. Sometimes I'm Tarantula. Sometimes I'm even Honey Kisaragi. But the truth is, Honey Flash! And she turns into Kitty Honey. And, uh, well, besides that, also one of the final things in the manga is actually the theme song is actually used inside of the the manga so that's pretty cool I like the fact that it's actually text in there that the theme is actually was used in there and it wasn't like so it seems that the 
the TV series is a tie-in to the manga, and that was pretty cool. Now, what could I say about this manga? Uh, the art style is very 70s, I'm not going to lie. And Honey is nude throughout the majority of it. And unlike with fan service, it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's a little bit better because, I mean, yes, she's nude the entire time and you get used to it, but it's more fan service that's kind of more, well, relaxed. It's not as stupid as, say, like with Jack Frost where you just see her ass and it, her panties are out. It's more just, I don't know, alluring maybe? You could think it's stupid, but, hey, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the Panther, the, the Panther Claw minions, they look just kind of retarded. I'm not going to lie, because it's all women with huge boobs that are fur-covered, or they're spider-covered, or and they look kind of weird. There are some other weird designs that are very Gona guys, because he does very absurd things. Like, one of the Panther Claw minions proceeds to kill a girl, like he sees this hot girl, and he proceeds to claw off her shirt. And then he proceeds to claw through her skin just to kill her, and you're like, what the fuck is... why? But you also see, like I said, with dragon panther where he it's a half animal half human but they have both heads so it's very odd and um just there's some real psychedelic stuff having to do with panther claw and panther zora where it's just very whoa this is trippy and strange but it works and for what it was in the 70s is it very ahead of its time and the story isn't bad i mean it's simple but i dug it the ending i just thought was kind of lame but Hey, set up for sequels, and, well, you have to check it out. If you can find it, I'm not telling you where to find it. you got to look online for it, but you can find it. And it's pretty cool. Definitely recommend Cutie Honey if you, you like this. The story isn't bad. It's very simplistic. It's just a superhero girl wants revenge against people who killed her father, and then later on her friends. And, oh, that's something I forgot. There's a lot of death in this. People get decapitated, people get cut into pieces, and it's going to guys typical. He doesn't hold back. If he's going to kill people, he's going to kill them. It's not gory. It's not like, we'll go back to Jack Frost, where it was uber gory of blood, where it's like 50 pounds of blood come splurting out of a person when they cut off the head. It's not that. It's just very, you see a person's head get cut off, an arm get lopped off. You know, it's more taking to business. And it works. And Gona Guy is a good artist. He's enjoyable. He's simple. And he works. And, like, you know, I'm saying he works so much. It's my new word for the day. He works. But, what am I going to say? All I can say about Cutie Honey is it's something that's interesting. It was the predecessor to so many magical girls, and it was an icon for its time. And yes, I'm being a fanboy about Cutie Honey, but I'll say it. I dig it. I liked it. And I'm going to give it a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zulma Gustar. Halo Palazzo. This is worth reading. Even if it's just once. It's one of those iconic things you just have to read because you have to read it. Most of Gonagai's Guy's stuff are like this, but you gotta read it. It's just that. Well, like honey is it's just just because just because uh, so what can I say I dug reading this and I think this was a good addition for number 85 I really do and uh, 
It was a guilty pleasure, I'm not going to lie. And when I showed it to Belchan, she actually, despite the nudity, she thought it was pretty cool. But she said there was way too much lesbianism in it. There's, they're beating you over the head with it. That's the one thing she didn't like about it. Because that is something which is a little bit, you know, there's a lot of lesbianism in it. There's, the male characters are kind of treated horribly. And, well, it's just very odd. But, hey, I dug it. You might like it. I mean, if you're over the age of 18, you can read this without getting caught by your parents. You'll like it. Just be careful, and, well, I hope you enjoy it. So, what else is there? Well, not much else. I mean, 85 episodes. Holy shit, I've done so much in 85 episodes. I mean, well, technically it's like 90 because of the supplementals, but what have we done? We've recorded so many hours and we've reviewed things like GTO, Ronma One Half, Bitter Virgin, uh, Sergeant Kuroro, which is Sergeant Frog, we reviewed Battle Royale, Mac and X, we've even reviewed things like Arch Lords and Bastard. So what are we going to do for the next, I don't know, what are we going to do? Well, we'll find out, and how are we going to find out? Well, most of you who've been listening know, but for those of you who are here for the first time, I will tell you. It's with the help of something I have. A device. A arcane object, which, well, some say it was forged by Zeus, but the truth of the matter is is that it is just there. And what am I speaking about? I'm speaking about the one. The only. The, the, the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substance. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a skull-covered Wheel of Fortune, which has ten slots on it. What I've done is I've applied ten manga to each of the slots. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the Wheel of Manga, and whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing for the next episode of the Spirekin Manga Review. So, let me spin the wheel, and let's see what I'm going to be reviewing for the next episode. Pretty good spin. Number one. So let's see what number one is on the list. Oh, God, no. So, guess, well, it had to come sometime, and I know I didn't want to review this, but I guess I will. So, because I don't want to defy Scully and his Scullyness, because he was, as we said, possibly forged by Zeus. We don't know. But next episode of the Spark and Mom Review, number 86. I'm going to be reviewing a very, well, we're not going to lie, very sacrilegious, potentially gay, and just very, well, biblical series. And what am I speaking of? I'm speaking about, well, the one, well, not the one that only has been done several times, but, well, Angel Sanctuary. Well, at least this way I get it out of the way and I don't have to deal with it for another X amount of years. So, like I said... Next episode, I'll be reviewing Angel Sanctuary, episode 86. If you want to email me about a list for the Wheel of Manga, which is 10 titles I haven't reviewed yet, just pick them. All you have to do is email me at spirekinhgmail.com or leave a voicemail with them at uh, 206-426-665. That again is 206-426-MONK. If you have a microphone, if you don't want to call the number, you can send me an MP3 and I'll play it on air. I've done it with... Uh, Ruby, and I've also done it with uh, that Nokia guy, 
and also I've done it with uh, John Paul and a couple other people so email me that and also you can send me comments on iTunes and also Podcast Pickle and dig definitely dig me and just leave some comments some nice comments about me so I can kinda feel more self-esteem going you know because I enjoy doing this I really do I'm gonna do this for a long time and well We'll see how long I do it for. I'm going to keep trying as long as I can until I pass out, run out of money, or my computer dies. So, we'll see what happens. Guess that's it for this very special episode of the Spire and Monger View. Well, I'm your host, Zahn, and, well, I would say I am Gonsville, but I'd rather end this off with a very interesting note. So, here it is. If you've ever watched it, you'll know what this is, so... Dokoka de yonde du hari.